guys, it is the Medrose Podcast here again with episode three of our new little podcast series. And you've got me, Denise, or Core Beauty. Shaman from Medrose. <laughs> hey, and Herman from Medrose. And it looks like hopefully this time we'll not having technical difficulties. We're going to get everything going right. Yes. So today's podcast is entirely based on student life, student experiences, and we're going to be talking about a variety of topics, starting with dating in medical school, kind of contrasting that to dating in college, what dating in med school is like, because I know so many of you guys have asked that question. And then we're going to transition into what it was like for all three of us to attend UC Berkeley or the number one public uh, institution. I mean, I don't even know who holds that title. It's always a battle between UCLA and UC Berkeley. But we're going to be talking about those two things. So if you guys are interested in hearing us ramble and have a good time with us, then just keep on listening to the Metros podcast. If you're not, just watch one of my videos. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, let's jump into the first topic now. We, are, we, are we starting off with talking about our relationships or relationships in general? Just, I think, so, so many of, I feel like our viewers are interested in dating once they get into med school, just because I feel like in college, a lot of pre-meds, a lot of us are so, you know, the path is so difficult, we're not really focused on dating as much, like some, for some of us, it happens, you know, it just kind of opportunistically and it works out, but for a lot of pre-meds, they're not really seeking that relationship in college, but they kind of almost expect it or hope to get into a relationship in med school, so kind of just getting into the difficulties and the challenges of meeting people and stuff. Yeah, I think also it's inherently a different experience. So when you go to college initially, everyone is kind of a blank slate. You don't know what career you're going to. People are all kind of confused. And if dating at that point is just kind of to meet people, to date, to kind of just um, have that human interaction, it becomes a little more like surgical once you get to a graduate field. Um, people, when you go to, to medicine, you're, you're now in a medical school with a set amount of people. Uh, you guys are all busy, so you really are crammed with this group already so you have already limited to this pool you know what everyone is doing they're all trying to be doctors um and uh it becomes a little more selective it becomes a little more like uh you're looking for somebody rather than just free-flowing in undergrad that's at least how i had experienced it beneath what are your thoughts on that um i think i agree for the most part i also think it depends on what you're looking for so i think if you're you know, most, I think, women, again, we talked about this in our last podcast, probably going to get dragged at some point for putting my personal beliefs out there too much. But I think that most, like, very ambitious women seek ambitious men. And I think, like Herman said, in college, everybody's not really sure what they're doing. Like, you've heard so many people start as pre-med and then, you know, don't end up doing pre-med. Not that there's anything wrong with that at all. And if you don't do pre-med, you know, you're not ambitious. I'm not saying that at all. But you just don't know where people are headed just because they're a specific major versus I think after college, you get a really good idea of what someone's career path's going to be, what trajectory they're heading into. And so that can kind of give you more of an idea of, I don't know, maybe more solidity. That word solid, solidified. I don't know, yeah. like a better <laughs> picture, right? Of yeah. what, what's a solidified be picture as yeah. a partner. Yeah, yeah I yeah, think. I agree. Go ahead, Chum. Oh yeah, I think that comes with its ups and downs. I think in college you have a wider pool of people with mm. a lot more diverse like options, but then 
when you get to like graduate and people are fixed on what they're doing, like if you're in medical school, uh, you can date someone else in medical school, whether it's in your um, your year or higher, uh, that's a common relationship. Or another thing I see is like people dating people from other graduate schools, like law school, for instance. So I think you still have options of different people in different careers, but I find that the relationships are generally following in this more narrow uh, window versus college. It's like the yeah. options are everywhere. Yeah. And of course, going off of completely anecdotal evidence and not any scientific data, which I'm, uh, you know, I'd be interested to see if there is any, but I think people look for different things as well. When you're an undergrad, you're looking to have a good time. You're looking to meet people. You're looking to do stuff. I think later on when you get into graduate school, you start pinning it down to, okay, I need to start thinking about what my life in the future is going to be with an individual. Um, you know, some people have goals of settling down and getting a house and having the classic family. Some people are still wanting to, you know, explore the world and all that kind of stuff is going to be a little different than when you are an undergrad versus when you're later on in life, that's going to dictate what partner you end up on. Um, I think yeah. dating it, go ahead. Please. I was just going to say in the same breath, I think it also depends where you go. I think certain med schools are in the middle of nowhere and, you know, maybe don't have, like, I know Yale has such an integrative, it's like in such a huge campus where you have even undergrad right next to you. You have a nursing college, you have mm. PA school, you have so many different mm, kind of places, places to meet people versus in Mayo, Arizona, we kind of just have the school and we're the second class to exist. There's no nursing school next to us. There's no PA school. There's like barely any, maybe some research labs, but that's about it. So you're pretty much limited to like 50 100 people yeah so, that's what i'm saying i think that terrible yeah, yeah that makes it actually people you know right now listening are like oh my god <laughs> yeah Jesus Christ. so i think that makes it difficult inherently to even get dating going because like think about it if you're put into a a group of people that you're stuck with really for the next two and a half three years some schools longer or shorter depending on their curriculum and you either like these people or you're compatible with somebody in that class or not. And, and if you're not, then dating becomes very difficult. If you are, it's actually one of the easier ways to meet somebody because when you're crammed in this environment, you guys are you know obviously going to meet up with each other. You're going to get to know each other really well and you can get relationships like that. But say you don't vibe with anybody in your program, that's when dating gets difficult for, for medical students or even other kind of professional students where the class size is limited and you're stuck with them. Well, I think also just now transitioning to maybe just like say you do find someone. I think dating in medical school in general is really challenging. I think that it's not as easy as people make it seem. Sometimes people romanticize it like, oh, I met my like partner in med school. Then we went to residency. Then we are so yeah. successful. And it's just is like this fairy tale that I think a lot of people, which is why a lot of people ask about it because they're like, oh, is that real? Right. And it dating in medical school, if you were in the same like, from what I know, it can get hard at times because, you know, you are, like Herman said, you're crammed, but it's, is that a good thing all the time? You mm. just kind of want your own space. Mm. You're doing everything the same. And with two schedules, medical student schedules, it can definitely get, like, you, you don't have the typical, like, date night or somebody to make you dinner because you're both so crunched with time. You know, like, it might even make it more difficult in a different, like, in another way. 
Yeah, there can also be the unique challenges as well with having uh, two medical students. First of all, in my class personally, we had multiple uh, people that kind of did follow that classic story you did hear about. They met in medical school. They matched residency together. They'll probably go on to be doctors together, working very closely with each other, kind of growing together. That does exist out there for sure. We had like four, I think, in my class alone um, that, that kind of had that story. So when that works out, like I said, it's an amazing thing and, and you kind of really don't need to worry about the whole dating scene because you're with somebody that's compatible with your lifestyle that knows you and, and, um, you can grow with and you're on the same page versus like, if you don't have that is, is when things get difficult, like I'm saying. Um, but yeah, I just want to point out, you do get that story. But the other thing about being crammed with each other, by the way, is you get unique problems, right? Uh, if you have, uh, two people within the same class doing the same thing, maybe they both want to do the same specialty or something like that, or, or one's doing well on the test or not. It, it can get weird as well when you have two individuals, uh, in a yeah. very competitive environment. I mean, you have to be very secure and stable individuals. Yes. Because not only are you now dealing with the trials and tribulations of med school, you're dealing with them alongside someone you care about, but you're going to compare yourself to inevitably. Like, it's just human nature. Like, yo, what'd you get on the test? Oh, what did you get on the test? And, right. oh, you got that many pubs? Oh, okay. Like, I only have two. <laughs> like, with the pubs, you're gonna baby. Like, you're going to be like, oh, I love you. But at the same time, why are you so much more successful than me? Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. it comes with its own, like. That's I a funny think. skit when your significant other is a gunner yeah, yeah that's true exactly too. that's exactly like, the point yeah and sometimes you can appreciate your partner i'm sure as a like outside of med school but sometimes like work it's in general not even just in med school i've seen this with so many other relationships you can't tolerate your partner in a workplace setting but you can tolerate them outside the workplace setting mm-hmm. so it's like They're if totally you're gonna different date people, someone yeah exactly they're totally different people so if you're going to date someone in med school you kind of almost have to like both of their personalities Ah, whether it's in the workplace and outside the workplace because i know a lot of relationships where people can't stand each other like in the way they work like working (laughs) habits but they're like oh at home he's fine yeah yeah that's super interesting you do your nine to five day and then they become a different person once you get home Um, but i've heard a lot of people are going a lot of med students are on certain apps I was going to bring that up. I was going to bring that up. So, so say you are stuck in a, in a class, like you said, so you don't get the, the beautiful scenario where you immediately find somebody and kind of go through school with them. What do you do then? If you, if you're a professional, you don't have time to go out and meet people. You don't have time to do other stuff and you're stuck you with these people. You can go on Hinge. It's Hinge the one? There's, there's so many. Yeah, explain because there's so many. So, now. I made a Hinge for my friend. Oh. And she didn't want to make it for herself, so I made it for her. And I show I told Shaman this, right? Shaman, you were asking like, "Yo, Beneath, why are there random dude screenshots here and there?" And I was just like, "Oh, I was sending them to my friend because." Huh. And so there's a bunch of doctors, residents, med students on this app, and she didn't end up with any of them. I don't know. That's a whole different story, whatever. But. Um, I was just amazed. I was just swiping and there's so many med students, so many doctors on this app. So if you, and I know a lot of people actually, even in my real life who have met like residents and stuff on these apps. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely something worth a try. Yeah. So there's so many. Now I remember when initially in college, uh, we, we did me and Shaman one day, we're just like, what is this Tinder thing? So I made a Tinder 
and uh, just experimentally, you know what a lot of guys did early on in the day. Uh, you just swipe right on everybody just for fun. Um, I think back then there was no limit, right? Because you <laughs> just want to see the Indian response rate is so low on Tinder. <laughs> I, I didn't. We, again, nobody knew how the thing worked. Nobody knew how everything was going to go. This was super early on, and you just would swipe right because it would be unlimited, and then you'd match to people. And uh, I remember when I knew that app was not for me. Was I, it matched with somebody, and it was my GSI my graduate student instructor at Berkeley. Oh my God. And I was like, I got to get off this app. So there were like, it was really awkward. Why would initially. they swipe? Did they know you? Maybe they were doing the same thing. Like I said, back in the day, there was no limit. So well, what you I don't really think do is people, just... People don't meet on Tinder anymore. I don't think Tinder's no, app. I think it's no, either I think Bumble. initially it wasn't. Yeah. No, I know. But I think Bumble is a new one that I've heard med students meeting people on and Hinge. Those are the two oh, that is, I Is Grindr say. not the one to make long-term relationships anymore? Silence. <laughs> so, what are the two? Bumble and Hinge. Bumble and Hinge. Yes, Shaman. What's hmm. your experience with the apps? I have not used them. <laughs> don't want to use some Bumble app <laughs> to find a significant. What well, the question is? Here's a question, right? Like, what is the perception now? Uh, in, in 2020 on these apps, considering that a lot of people are going to have to turn to these apps, especially with the COVID pandemic. All. I think it's not a negative perception at all. I think initially it was. I think initially a lot of people, I know when I was, uh, you know, when I did my little Tinder escapades, people would be like, the, the vibe was you don't want to meet somebody online. It's weird. It's foreign. It's not as good connection as running into somebody in real life. But like, really, what it, what, what is our perception of it now? You're saying not bad at all? I don't, I don't think, okay, I think it's hard, though. It's harder to get mm -hmm. to know somebody. You know, wait, real quick. Why is it that when the Indians do something, it's seen as a cringe train wreck, but when another group does it, it's seen as in. Remember Shadi.com back in the day? That's true. That was made fun of for decades. Well, Shadi.com had a different story behind it. It was, <laughs> it's a little funny when you have your grandma logging into Shadi.com, making your profile for you, putting your son or daughter's profile on there. Yeah, but a lot of people, people made their own profiles too. That's true. They did back and they still the do. And, I, and, and they, got again, they got roasted so hard back in the day. Yeah, it's the same kind of thing where this online scene. So yeah, honestly, they're all just uh, like app shadi.com. It's like the yeah. mobile application version, to be honest. Was shadi.com? Yeah, it was before all of these, right? That was Is a website. even still open? Yeah, of course. I will say, like, generally, if I had to give authentic advice, it is hard to meet people in medical mm -hmm. school. Because regardless even of where you meet them, when the hell are you going to have time? Like, you have two days, maybe, on, like, especially, like, with third year right now, like, maybe one day and I don't really want to spend it like with random people. <laughs> yeah. I do wonder what average age of doctors that are getting married these days are. I would imagine it would be higher. Um, just yeah, the, definitely it's higher. Yeah. Because the thing is like, like you said, everything kind of just gets delayed when you take the medicine route. Uh, I know we're talking about relationships in general, but when you take the medicine route, um, yeah. your whole life is kind of put on hold. All your vacations, all your trips you want to do, all your, um, you know, hanging out with your friends and all the stuff you miss, everything is put on hold till later, including relationships, including having kids. I would say yeah. like most people that I see uh, that are doctors are having kids at the age of like 30 plus for sure. Like 32, 33. We had a yeah. couple that did have them through residency. Um, even in medical school, I think we had a, um, a one person in my class, um, might've been more, um, 
but it does happen. But I think typically what you see is I'm seeing my attendings now uh, starting families and they're like 35, 36. So yeah, I think I can, even like on my peds rotation, sometimes I'll literally be like helping a mom who's like 22, sometimes even like 19, but like yeah. even 22, 24. And I'll just be like, wow, I'm not even close to that. Or like, they'll be like, oh, do you have kids? And like, I realize I have to stop acting like a kid and be like, oh no, not at all. I'm too young because actually I'm at that age where I could just say no. Like, it's not weird to not have kids now at 24. So I can't be like, oh no, I'm too young. It's now just like, no. (laughs) Like I have to like change my connotation. Yeah, especially in uh, the, I'll say Desi uh, community. Uh, it's it gets to be old. You get to be considered very old. Like um, most, I would even say guys are getting married at like in the Desi community, like 25, girls 25-ish, I think is when you start uh, start getting battered. I mean, you see it all over the place when you see these um, Indian YouTubers and stuff making skits and their, you know, their rationale is they want to focus on their business. They want to focus on what they're doing. And that's kind of what you're doing in, as a doctor as well. You're focused. So you don't get to start that family till later. Um, Yeah, I also think you just have to be, like I said, going back to security, you have to be really secure because not only are you starting everything later and making those deeper connections, adventures, everything's on hold, mm -hmm. like even for step one, like you are pretty much probably not going to see that person for like months, like unless you are very advanced in your relationship and like you're living with them or something, which I know some couples do that, like they live with each other. And so even their home life is together. But if you're like young and you're trying to like take it the nice slow route, like it's going to be difficult because like step one is going to come and put a wedge in your relationship for three months. Probably, you know, it's just going to be a lot of holds yeah. and pauses instead of the normal slow course. So That's why I think it is uh, quite a big deal. If you do find somebody within your same professional space, I think I mentioned it before, um, or it might've been on a different video that I did that a lot of doctors end up working with or meeting somebody and going, uh, connecting with somebody that's a doctor or a nurse or something of that, that nature, um, because they just understand each other and they're on the same page, they have similar schedules. So yeah. without that, yeah. I also know a lot of relationships that broke up because like the partner was not in med school and like maybe it was also long distance. So they, they wanted a conversation every day and like I know a lot, especially when like I probably know at least seven or eight couples like first year when I started that broke up because once that individual started anatomy or something like the med school mm. student started anatomy, it's like I can't call you every day. And yeah. so it's nice in a way because the other person's going to have more time if they're not in medicine, but also they're not going to understand you at all. Yeah, I think a lot of people do also come into med school already married or engaged mm, that's or in a long distance relationship. Um, and I, I don't know how the long distance relationships work. Uh, that mm-hmm. must be really difficult. Um, but like the marriages and the engagements, they work actually really well. So oh, I think right. if you can find someone before medical school and then either marry or uh, get engaged, I think that's like the most optimal way because you don't have to grow and like get to know each other and do that's all that true. stuff while in med school, which is, I think the hardest part. I think if you're already married, when you get into medical school, maintaining that relationship is not as hard as like growing a new one and meeting a new person or people if you're on these apps, like meeting people left and right. I think getting to make a new relationship in med school is the hard part. I think it depends also though, if you have somebody uh, that you had a relationship with that- But if you have like, a, if you have like three kids also and you're oh, married, yeah, that's, that makes that's a difference. just, uh, 
Another yeah, level. And, <laughs> and if you have somebody that's supporting you going through medical school, you know, that's that's good. But one of the things to note is that the doctor divorce rate is actually quite high. Uh, among certain specialties like ER, the divorce rate even goes up higher. Um, a lot of the contributing factors uh, are actually illegitimate relationships, like uh, uh, cheating on your spouse is actually a pretty big deal, especially if you look at the numbers, you can look at the ER uh, statistics. I have here, 24% uh, of physician respondents have uh, become divorced um, compared to some of these other, a lot of these healthcare specialties, even dentists and stuff like that, they have high divorce rates um, compared to other specialties. That's an interesting thing. So uh, I get that point if you have a very solid relationship, but I would say medical school not only is a breaker of relationships in terms of the friendships, but can also destroy your um, marital status and relationship and all that stuff with so many different factors. Like I said, if you meet somebody throughout your profession that vibes with you um, and, and is under more understanding of you and you guys are in the same field and then you had a prior relationship where you're not that deeply invested, like three kids and stuff like that, it's going to be a strain on your relationship for sure. Something to always take into account when you go yeah, into Yeah, but fields. I actually have an, a different hypothesis about the, oh, the divorce divorces, rate? which might be a little controversial okay i Let's think that the people getting into med school very controversial but i i stand by it okay. they are a little more wonky <laughs> in the mental department That's true. like oh, they're a little oh. more narcissistic they're oh, a little yes, more yes yes oh uh, they can be more selfish so i mm -hmm. don't deny i uh, i actually am 100 percent sure that uh, that is it's one of the things of that contributes to cheating. Yeah. Oh, for sure. No data to yeah. support this unless you know we can look into. No it data. Well, Again, well, this is non-scientific, but this is the my data, strong hypothesis. The data that does support you though is you do see more narcissistic personality disorder. You do see more type A personality disorders. That has been documented in um, in studies showing who gets into medicine. Well, I've always said like from day negative of even getting into medical school like it's so frustrating that medicine has become this selfish career like you mm. have to be selfish in a way and it's hard for that's why there is a lot of depression and there is a lot of frustration in med school if you are more of the stable valuing family type person it's more challenging because mm. think about it it's one of those careers which is literally going to you send in an application and you're ready to pack your bags wherever you get told to go and then hmm. it's again like that for residency it's again like that for fellowship it's again and again like dragging you thousands of miles away from your family so yes. like it's just such a weird um kind of idea but it's very normalized now but it is a selfish thing like i didn't want to move away from home like at all and it was upsetting i didn't like it but it's a selfish career you have to literally like throw away like seeing your family all the time and then move away and just pretty much barely talk to them like that's just yeah, a selfish yeah. Career. but in addition i think they're also selecting for that if hmm. there's two pre-meds and one is like the straight and narrow doing things like focusing on themselves and then there's another person who is really good in three years but in a fourth year they get bad grades or worse grades and they they go and take care of like their dying grandpa they're going to pick the person who has more publications more um like grades and stuff because there's such a strong emphasis on that like what's the gpa at mayo the I'm average gpa like 3.9 something it's like they're not the toughest like, school statistically to get into for the country um, the like they're chapter. not gonna pick the nice chap that got bad grades for a legitimately like noble reason you know what i mean but i think of they're trying they, they're, they're trying but they're not succeeding they're they're trying but they're not <laughs> succeeding but i do think in certain ways interviewing i've realized just from kind of being i don't know more inquisitive about the interview process recently mm -hmm. just 
I realized that I think that's the purpose of interviews. And surprisingly, I never thought I was just like, what do interviews do? Like, what is the mm. purpose of them? But mm -hmm. truly, you can actually gauge if somebody is listening to social cues, like the interviewer is trying to move on from the subject or if somebody is trying, if the interviewer is trying to kind of weed out something like you can definitely get a lot of inherent social cues and kind of detect some narcissism within an mm -hmm. interview as well. But I think well, what Shami's saying is- they definitely missed the mark yeah. on the stories we've covered of the lady who said she wanted to like, uh, give the wrong medicine to Jews and kill yeah. them. Yeah, and then yeah. we have and the other the video for person the... like uh, in the Uber, like th being yeah. so d disrespectful to Uber drivers, like, and then the, the story Herman covered of the ER doctor uh, being very PA, racist, yeah. uh, PA. It's like the application process, if all these stories are coming out left and right, there's obviously yeah, some kind no, of Yeah, I agree, issue. I agree. There's an issue for sure. Because I think a lot of these guys are valuing things that might seem positive at first, but are actually um, falling into the categories of being a little too narcissistic, such as when you have somebody that's very aggressive uh, with their uh, personality. I've seen it in interviews or really, really aggressive. They want to put forward their stuff and um, they, you know, they want to tote how great they are. That can also be, it's just sometimes the interviewer fails to pick up on the signs that are that are showing that the individual is a little too overboard in terms of that type A personality, a little too lacking empathy, a little too much um, in it for the wrong reasons. It can be hard to pick that up because you do want the best candidate, the one that puts themselves forward. And a lot of the times those individuals at the same time are ones that are very um, deceptive with the way that they get uh, present themselves and they get that kind of stuff gets overlooked and falls through the cracks and then you get Yeah, and again, story. I just want to clarify my point. I don't think, I don't even think the majority of med students are like this. But oh, I think no. there's a higher proportion uh, of like, to other yeah, fields. like basically what I'm saying is don't be surprised if you get in a relationship in med school and the person ends up being a little more selfish than you would like and a little less, uh, uh, gives a little less attention to you and a little more attention I to think their that's research a, paper. a very good point because I yes. think I've seen that left and right is for sure, for sure, for sure. If, especially guys, I don't know if this is for girls necessarily, <laughs> but I've definitely felt like guys are very like, Oh, about career. themselves, my, about their career. Like, I need to get my stuff settled down. I need to do this. Oh, yeah, she'll be around. Like, mm. or I'll find someone else. Like, I need to get my pubs, match into my specialty. Like, they're very, like, goal-oriented, but so much to the point they don't know their priorities. Yeah, yeah, and I would be, I would caution that as well. For the most part, and again, anecdotally, uh, <laughs> females I've interacted with uh, can go either way. You can have them fall into that category, but less likely, uh, again, anecdotal personal evidence. I haven't really seen um, on that on my end uh, with females, but I personally have seen it with guys. It is all about them. It is all about their career. It is all about um, where they're going in life. So again, just a disclaimer, we're not saying all med students, no. uh, but just there's probably a higher proportion of that for yeah. sure, based on all the accounts that I've heard. Shaman, do you but fall into that category? No, no, I'm probably the nicest, most selfless person. <laughs> honestly, probably. Aside from that, that's probably the most boastful. But I think, honestly, time. now that we're getting into the point, um, I definitely think girls in medicine are a lot better at balancing things than guys hmm. in medicine. Hmm, hmm. Like, period. Explain, explain. <laughs> explain. I can't elaborate more than that. I just think they are. I just yeah. feel like everyone that I've anecdotally, like, my my friends that I know anecdotally are just better at balancing like or priorities. is it that they give you that narrative? No. When they're no, also... it's fact based. 
Huh. Okay, should we move on to the next let's topic Let's move on here? to the next topic. <laughs> we'll Herman, let's, okay. let's get into our experience. Let's let's get into it. So guys, this is a topic that it's going to be a fun one. We're going to have some fun stories. We're going to we're going to take you on for a little bit of a ride in the uh, Medrose family over here on how our experience was at at the time the number one public university in the world and what that means and what the stories are behind that entire uh, scenario. And you know, I'm sure some things are going to shock you guys. So uh, I'm going to just start off by telling you guys personally how it was to go there. First of all, I know when we were doing our application process, I didn't really think much of it when I got into UC Berkeley. I, I had gotten into a free ride at, at Davis and I had a lot of pressure off of me. And when I got into Berkeley, it was just like, okay, cool. I can go to the school. It's near San Francisco. Um, I didn't even realize at the time it was number one public university in the world or anything like that. It was just and when I was a kid, we've had alumni go there um, in our family. It was just a place that we were familiar with. So I was like, okay, awesome. Let's go to UC Berkeley. Um, I remember when we first went there, the first thing we did, if uh, you guys are familiar with the area, is we went to a place called Jot Cafe. Jot Cafe. Jot Cafe is pretty Didn't good. Didn't they close? I think they're closed now. It, it might have been closed. I don't know closed. if they are, but they it's were on, pretty good. Yeah. And for those of you guys listening, right it's... Now. It's across from well, it's across from Trader Joe's on uh, University Avenue, where we uh, where we had lived all those years, um, and it was uh, interesting. We walked out of the car. I remember we looked around. It was, I had never been to Berkeley before, and the first thought was, "What the hell did I just get myself into?" I walked out of the car, and what's the first smell that hits you? It was literally. I walked out of the car, and I was it's just this wave. was just like, "Oh!" And I was like, "What is that?" It was a strong smell of urination, and I was just like, "What? <laughs> what is going on here?" I was like, "Okay, maybe like somebody just urinated here by accident or something like that." Yes, so then somebody. I, <laughs> I walked. I walked into Chat Cafe. We all sat down, we ordered. I am totally in disagreement with you guys. I think that place is... Oh, I think it declined really? over time. It, it declined bad. over time. Rubbery chicken. The mango lessee was not the business. The non might have been tolerable. Other than that... I like I'm the not... wraps. The, the, the wraps were okay. Again, I think they started changing the formula like Shaman's head. Um, so I'm just sitting there and I'm looking out the window and I'm like, what the hell? There's like all sorts of different people out there all wearing some strange uh, instruments. Uh, people in, uh, you know, walk, walking around with giant bags and shopping carts. Uh, people with... Sounds uh, normal to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it does now. But imagine never having been to a place like this, right? We've never lived in a place like this. <laughs> It's still yeah, being like pretty a young. Planet. It felt like it. Uh, again, being like 17, I think it was 16, 17 years old, something like that, starting there. And, uh, I can just imagine her Miss Jock when he sees Yeah, just sitting by there eating my naan. I was just like, what? Just looking out the entire Someone's time like this. Someone's getting a Trader Joe's bag. What? <laughs> <laughs> That's probably true, too. I had never been to Trader Joe's until then. Um, so then just in utter disbelief as to what I was going to be, uh, living in for the next, uh, uh, four years. So, so we go, um, after that, we were done disbelief food. at such a normal picture. <laughs> Literally people are like, dude, people are going to be like, you're so ungrateful in the comments. Bro, They're gonna be like, again, you're people, so I want to preface this, right? We had lived in the Tri-City for most of our life. Then we moved out to I, suburban area. So what's area. the weird part that you saw? The carts. <laughs> Where have you seen in an, okay, you, you're in a suburban area. Where have you seen individuals with sleeping well, bags, you visited garbage San bags, a 
I guess, but it's usually, I guess the other thing is we would visit a tourist place in San Francisco and leave. Again, pretty young, right? 16, 17 years old. I, okay, I, we get not it. You really were traumatized. <laughs> I'm trying to paint a picture. Stay with me, okay? So so after we're done eating, we step out and we kind of tour, tour the area. Um, and then uh, we go ahead and go to the dorms that I'm supposed to be living at. A lot of people uh, take the unit dorms. I stayed, uh, the, the typical things that uh, you, you hear are the unit. There's unit one, two, and three, which look really nice nowadays. When we were there, they all these buildings and stuff are new for you guys. When we were there, um, all that stuff was just unbelievably uh, old. Um, so the unit dorms are the party dorms. Uh, I actually took the foothill dorms on the hill, um, where kind of all the geeky kids are at. That was the, the quote unquote, the science kids, the pre-med kids. A lot of them used to say a foothill back in the day. Um, and I had a roommate as well. He was doing engineering. Uh, we went up there to kind of analyze where I'm going to be living in the dorms. Absolutely. Uh, not really, not really, um, uh, disappointed, but not impressed at all as to what the number one public university in the world was offering uh, as a high quality dormitory living situation. Um, we walked in, it's like this really old, gross carpet, like wood is all I scratched up. Okay, and I have to interrupt this because I have to explain why I'm laughing. The only thing I remember as far as what this description triggers is my mom just coming home and yelling to me and Shaman, the poor kid, he yeah. has to like live in a place where people wash their underwears in the sink. Let's get to that. And Let's all get to that. I remember. <laughs> we'll get to that. So, so the day that you guys dropped me off, though, is what I'm going over. So, so we go ahead and move all of our stuff in and uh, my roommate comes, I meet them and we're both like, whoa, this is not what we expected again of the number one public university in the world at the time. Um, kind of a little shocking environment. Uh, again, I'm, I, I don't want to paint it as it was a hole in the ground, like totally unthankful and ungrateful and it wasn't the worst place in the world. But again, like you'd be shocked if this was uh, of the standard of that you were not expecting. Uh, so then after that, uh, you guys all leave and I'm stuck in this place and it's all brand new and uh, it's, it's a huge adjustment to the city. A lot of people are walking around. We don't really have that great of a transportation system. Um, the homeless uh, situation is absolutely like somebody should, I cannot believe nothing is really done about the homeless situation. That's a whole separate topic that should be done. Uh, you get to the point where you start uh, knowing the homeless people by name. You know they're, um, uh, they're so frequent. They hit the same spots every day. They're on their own schedule. Um, the, the, the classes themselves ended up being pretty difficult, uh, coming from high school. Um, and then just, I'll continue on my diatribe, but I want to know how does that compare to your guys's first initial? Cause we all three went to UC Berkeley. Um, these guys following my footsteps, uh, do what, what, did, what was your guys' experience as your initial uh, initiation into it? I know you guys didn't even have to go through the dorm process. Cause obviously I had to pave the way and tell you guys to stay the hell away from that. And I'll tell you why in a second here, but Go ahead. Yeah, I will say about the homeless situation. Yeah, I definitely do wish that um, the city would help them and uh, like give them a place to stay. Because you would, you were right. You would see the same person in the sleeping bag for literal months, mm -hmm. like sleeping in a doorway. That's unacceptable for like anyone in a civilized country. Um, so I definitely wish that um, the city would, especially uh, California, is getting loads of money. Like get, hand some over to Berkeley and get them to fix the situation, help people who really need to be helped. Yeah. Um, but I will also say that Berkeley taught me 
to stop giving um, money to homeless people. And again, controversial opinion, but I'll tell you why. I used to always give money to uh, homeless people, but I'm telling you, you see so many homeless people. I am not even joking that if I gave a dollar to every homeless person I saw walking there, I would be broke. It's literally, it's not, it's not even a question of do I want to give the money. I cannot yeah. give the money. Yeah. So um, uh, that's what... Uh, well, just to interject, the one thing that I would recommend that if you are in a city with a lot of homeless people, the one thing that I do think is very useful and I think that I will probably continue to do because I don't see any harm in it, is if you have extra food, like you just ate at a restaurant and you have oh, yeah, Herman's shaking his head. Uh-uh, no, listen to me. I don't think it's a big deal if you give them like your extra five breadsticks yeah. that you were going to throw away. I or don't think I would, What I would do is, see, I would do is I would get an extra cup from like Laval's pizza <clears> and I would fill it with fountain soda and I would just hand it to someone because it was a burning hot day. I just hand it to someone, hey, do you want this Coke? And then like keep walking. That's I don't I disagree do with that at all. What I'm disagreeing with is the times that I did this, you will be shocked. Berkeley is the only place in the world where you will have vegan homeless people. I tried at once, multiple times, I've tried to give people something. They ask me, is it vegan? I'm like, no, it's not. They're not going to take it. I understand you want to stick by your well, principles. That's, that's fine. fine. I understand you want to stick by your principles. That's fine. That's respectful. Then I would give somebody something like leftover, like fries or something like that, that are vegan. No, we want to take down the corporations of McDonald's. It's like, you're starving Man, yeah, I don't okay. think we need to fight they don't the corporations. Have to take your food. Oh no, 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 I'm not. I'm just saying, be wary of these things when you do go. Think you're doing something well and you got your way and spent your money to get there. The the homeless people there are a little different. They already have encampments. They've been there for a while. They're settled in. It's a community of homeless people. They each have their own individual needs. They each have. Some people are homeless there on purpose. Some people are there on purpose. They don't. They want to live with the people. They want to go ahead and carry out the attack against corporations. Um, unfortunately, many of them are on drugs. So th it's a very deep, convoluted topic. Maybe we might talk about uh, later on in a, in a different topic. But getting back yeah. to the subject, in my experience, though, the people like we had a pizza shop, like a Domino's, down the street from where we lived. Mm -hmm. And any every time I would come back yeah. with pizza, I would always be handing pizza over like I'm a pizza and delivery come pizza with man. Half a Pizza. Well, because you have a the two for five five ninety nine. Oh, you're carrying two pizzas. You've got tons of pizza. Yeah, so I'm handing it over to yeah, people but like that. Oh, you know, sometimes remember when I when I was studying for uh, my MCAT alone, I I would just get the two for five ninety nine, and I would literally you know the swath of like um, homeless people near McDonald's. I'd yeah. literally just hand over one of the pizzas. You, you should have started a YouTube channel back then, and you would have been known as the pizza guy with a million views <laughs> going home, guy. giving out pizzas uh, everywhere. But in my experience, though, they were super, super grateful yeah, and I super pleasant when experience. they never yeah. said anything about vegan or anything to me. They were super nice. Yeah. Yeah, um, of I'm sure there are some because I definitely saw some where it was like vegan, homeless person, like they yeah, have yeah. signs. Which but is totally I admirable. Yeah, generally, I think, honestly, everyone was respectful and grateful when they did get something. Um, and we're going to yeah, go into I've veganism had... in our next video, by the way. That's another hot topic I want to go into. Anyway, continue, Sean. Oh, yeah. I was just saying, um, yeah, the only bad experience I had with a homeless person is when I was um, taking Popeye's home to you uh, and meat, obviously, to eat. But we were both going to eat it because we lived in the same yeah. uh apartment yes, complex. Yes, we get that. And <laughs> just making it clear. Um, so I was going home and I just had, I just brought my credit card to quickly go uh, get Popeye. So I didn't have any cash on me. And the guy's like, uh, yo, can I get some money, man? 
And then I was like, uh, sorry, I actually don't have any on me. He's like, then he's like, F you then. And he just walked away. <laughs> I'm like, and that was there like was, during dude, my first year. There was a good number so. of those, man. Yeah, there were some of those. I, I that was the only number. one I experienced. There okay. was also like catcalling with the homeless people if you're a girl. Sometimes I'd be walking with a guy friend or even with Herman and they'd be say something to both of us. And there's that. But like, again, every time I, again, yeah, exactly. Every time I remember the multiple times when we were walking, it was never anything in distress. I know catcalling is a whole chill. nother. Uh, yeah. But even you saying that catcalling is a whole nother thing where no, girls will be offended. We didn't even have when, that. We yeah. didn't have that offensive catcalling. We just had like, also, I think they honestly got to know us. I think they honestly recognized my face, yeah, a lot of them. Of and they would say, hey, what's up? Like, actually, yeah. probably because but like, that's oh, what an Indian girl who walks here every day. Yeah, but you might not consider that offensive catcalling. Even just that is offensive to some people. So just wanted to put that out there. Make sure we recognize that for you out there that would be offended. Um, other than that, so anyway, back to the main topic. How was your guys' first initial experience at UC Berkeley going there? Is that what you expected? I guess when you had already seen it because you had yeah. visited with me. So I probably have a different experience than you, you guys. So first, mm. I didn't have to live in the dorms because Herman already had his apartment by then because um, he was a higher in. He's older than me, for those of you who are still confused about that. <laughs> um, so I came to Berkeley after him. I went to his apartment uh, complex. And I thought it was like pretty good. Like my first semester had a really good impression on me because I found that the people were super nice. Um, like, because we came from not the best high school, right? In terms of the people. Yeah. They were nice, yeah, but we they weren't like- high schools, but yeah. Uh, the like, last one we went to, There were people to, yeah. getting in like fights every day. There was like oh, yeah, apparently yeah. stabbings and um, not in my year, but in previous years. Yeah, and I would right. say like, nerdy kids were not really embraced in our school, right? Oh, Like yeah. in our high yeah. school. Yeah, I mean, and I think like that's also small... of the times as well. Back then, uh, it was kind of shifting to the anime is cool. Uh, you know, all this kind of stuff is being accepted. It was kind of in that shift. A lot of people don't understand. You watched, uh, uh, not Dragon Ball Z, everyone is just universally loved, but you watch any of these kind of newer anime, you were going to get roasted if people find it out. So that's the kind of culture we grew up in. It's a little different now. Yeah, Sorry, but again, my again my high school year, I think, was also slightly different. Now, we did have a bit of like a nerd group, and I was super cool with everyone in that, uh, in that group. Okay, okay. So, uh, but overall, within the school, the school was filled with a lot of uh, not so pleasant people. Um, so going to Berkeley and seeing the huge amount of people that are super friendly, and especially yeah. when people are telling me that there's gunners everywhere, there's people gonna eat you alive. I found, there, but... yeah, but in my first semester there, I yeah. found very friendly like people, even like during the uh, touring and stuff, everyone's mm -hmm. trying to connect you with other people. People are super friendly. People are, really wanna get to know you. So I had a really good um, like first impression of it, which is what you asked me. And if we want to get to Gunners in like third and fourth year and all that, we can do that. But um, like my first impression was really positive, especially since I didn't have to live in those crappy dorms. Um, and uh, Herman was just a, like a big help to me. I got to use him and <laughs> completely him. obliterate his record at Berkeley. <laughs> uh, yeah, mine yeah. was pretty similar to Shaman's, I think. I mean, I remember my first drive into Berkeley and like I didn't, like Herman said, like I had gotten into Davis at that point. I was pretty comfortable. I thought I was going to go to Davis and Herman and Shaman were already at Berkeley by that time. I was just like, okay, like I got into Davis. That's great. Like I didn't have too much pressure, but obviously I was waiting more for Berkeley than probably like Herman was because I had two brothers there. So I was like, yeah, it was more a big intrigued deal. by it. Yeah. 
And yeah. so, yeah, I was surprised when I got in. I was definitely like, wow, this is pretty cool. Because at that yeah. point, I knew it was hard to get in. Like, it's actually after Herman. started to get really competitive. Exponentially. Because exponentially they took out, hard. like, the UC Davis and, like, Exactly. Guarantee. They took out the and guarantee. So, Everything was just getting more competitive. So well, for I, yeah. those of you who don't know, there was in some most high schools in California, there was a kind of like this rule in place that if you were in like the top 5% or something like that of your Around class, GPA-wise, et cetera, ranking-wise, you almost, I think you did have a guarantee into yes. UC Davis. Mm-hmm. That had gone away by my year. So I was even unsure if I was going to get into Davis. I looked into how competitive Berkeley was. I was just like, wow, this is intense. So I got into Berkeley. I was really happy. And I remember driving in my first day, and I was so upset because I had visited Davis, and I liked it a lot. I was like, ooh, the weather's so nice, so open, so clean. I mean, yeah, it was open and clean, dude. It wasn't like Berkeley. No offense to anybody that went to Davis, man. That was like... it was like dirty air in the sky. Everyone's on their bicycles. I was not a fan at all of UC I Davis. liked it more than Berkeley because I was remember so driving out. in. It was not beautiful. Like beauty, Berkeley. I remember beautiful. driving into Berkeley and just being like, "Ew, yeah, that's like, I can't yeah. believe I have to live here. I'm not a city person. This place sucks. Look how gloomy it was in like yep. July. I was just like." The what I will say it was it's a pretty gloomy town though it's not like sunshine it's like pretty D- rainy uh, in summer time. it gets beautiful it's really weather dependent I agree but man mm, it, I would say the winters are not area. really your California but no come on the the winters are definitely like you're running you're walking up hills and like wet rain the and, hills suck and when it rains it sucks I agree it's some tough times but dude most and it can of the be year cold. my first impression was definitely like wow it's so gloomy I'm so sad or, like this is gonna suck. Then I guess I started it, and I think just like the transition from high school to college takes away any sort of like negativity because you're so busy just trying to like get used to everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and like similar to Shaman, like I mean, we're, I was kind of spoiled in that I didn't really have to get used to things as much because I had yeah. visited Hermit. I knew what the semester system was like. I knew about like where to sign up for classes. Huge difference. So yeah. the transition was a lot easier. So I mean, what was it called? Telebears. Tele- they changed it yo, uh, yo, right at 9 a.m. in the middle of classes. Open it, open it, open it. Yeah, you had Talk to about, kind of, I will say, what a system, man. What kind of, in terms of the system. curriculum, though, in terms of the structure, in terms of getting support from the um, Terrible. I still remember. I yeah. still remember. If anybody ever comes to me with administration is nice at Berkeley, I vividly remember no, my I day of waiting for seven hours just to get one paper signed. And like meet with my advisor, who I had never seen in my entire freaking life, and literally just sat sitting on the tile of the floor in a line with like fifty other kids. Yeah, I don't know what their hiring criteria is, but literally the two criteria I would look for is that you care about the students and you give a damn. And neither of those were met by the administration. So I don't know what I, criteria they have for getting hired, but. Yeah. There's got to be a. I don't even know if it's just there. as much as the criteria as much as it is the system in place. No, I, but the people I, I, are I there. Disagree. I will say, yeah. yeah, I agree. The people had the power to make the changes. The system was there yes. to allow them to do it, but they would just be rude and unhelpful and uncooperative for no reason, and multiple times to multiple people that I know. Um, so it was not a good administrative. System. Yeah, why don't you pick him up? Pick him up. Okay, how we come bring on. him into the bring him into the podcast. We currently have uh, young Starkey who is bothering us. And if you guys are joining us on YouTube instead of Spotify, you guys can see a uh, beautiful dog here. He got Starkey. a bit of a haircut, as you can Hello. see, and uh, lost most of How his face on the his hair on his face. How you doing, little guy? And 
Hey, little dude. There's a video coming out with him. You guys want to look? Yeah, there's it. a great video going to be out on our channel, by the way, uh, featuring Starkey here. <laughs> and okay, as you Starkey, can see, are you going to be good if I put you down? He's going to break everything. Please. He looks very excited for some reason. Oh, I think it is a numbers issue where they have way too many students. They're admitting way too many students and their resources can handle. But on top of that, it's a big issue when somebody that has a required class, say you're pre-med and you have a required science class, you have to wake up at the precise time, put it in the code before anybody else does, uh, and or the class will fill up. That's how our system worked on how to pick classes. You have to be there on time, put in the code, or you will not get that class. You will be behind on your requirement. You have to stay there summer absolutely unacceptable and ridiculous to go get anything checked in you have to go to the administration hour-long lines hour-long waits it's just completely and then when you go there nobody wants to work for you they're just going to spit out some rule that can get you out of there as quickly as possible it is one of the worst administrations i have ever worked with there are so many horror stories coming out of that uc berkeley um, logistical center and it is partially due to a high volume problem it's partially also unfortunately due to i don't want to blast anybody to have to lose a job or anything like that partially due to at least at the time the dean was absolutely incompetent the um, administration the people that you work with on a day-to-day -day basis that don't want to help you on purpose they want to just get the rule out get you out get the next person in it's a volume issue but at the same time it's a lack of uh, caring for for some of those students so that's my mini rant on UC Berkeley you've already seen us rant about it on the um, on the uh, video that we did previously on do you want to be a pre-med at Berkeley and then we can we I'm not even getting into the professors because there are ridiculous stories about professors let me get into one of them we were taking I'll even tell you the class it was 131 uh, something like that physiology it was it was physiology human physiology the audacity of these professors during our final exam to all be mic'd up and walk around in the front of the uh, exam proc while proctoring us they have their mics on all making jokes and snickering and laughing and doing we're taking a final exam baby what are you doing and they're all just <laughs> walking around they're joking having a great time on top of that the insult to injury, the worst written test on human physiology you will ever see, man. Like, where did they get this material from half the time? That's what a lot of the, the and then the key was why I know it wasn't just me being a loser. If you go after the exam, they, we had a message board on where you would go and talk to the rest of the class. It was a blasted. People were personally, because yeah. it was anonymous. We were blasting the professors. <laughs> you guys are incompetent. You guys is the worst class I've ever taken. Personal attacks, personal attacks, like really inappropriate language. Like we went in on these professors and uh, stuff like Can that is just. Physiology? Did we take it? No. Probably we did. We did. Regardless, oh, we did. they moved some of these professors out. You, you didn't take it with me. I don't think I took it, yeah. So how was that? Let's talk about you guys. How was it taking classes with a sibling in the same class? I, used to I love it. We took it. a couple of classes together. I thought it was really fun. When me and Shaman had classes together, honestly, it's probably one of the best memories that I have of education just because, shut up. You don't wow, Shaman trying to be cool, <laughs> What man? is that? Try to cool be guy, cool. man. Yeah, like, I didn't think you were that cool, my sister. Yeah, it was cool. Sister. Um, it was really, I think it was some of the funnest memories that I've had with my education. Like I would just remember like little fun things we used to do. Like the walks were fun to class, like before a quiz, me trying to tell shaman stuff. Like they're going to ask this, they're going to ask this walking after outside the quiz. Shaman, that was terrible. Oh, I think I did okay. I think I did. I put this. Oh man, shaman, I put that. You're definitely right. Oh man. And like little things like I would run to Starbucks to get us some Frappuccinos before yeah, our like one and a half hour class. 
class. Like yeah. we would have some fun times, but then I would also, I don't think I ever really got annoyed with Shaman. Did I? Not really. You're pretty chill. I think you we got, got annoyed, annoyed with each other sometimes. Really? We did. Sometimes I feel like occasionally the, the, there was a time or two where I sat away from you because I was like, oh my yeah. God. <laughs> we'd fight and we'd Yo, if you. I'm trying to focus on my math 10B class here and I see some Jigglypuff on my left rolling her hair, turning this way, moving this way, <laughs> Zell, nothing written in the note box. Yeah. Um, I'd be like, bro, can you start? Yeah, he would kind of tell me to pay more attention sometimes. I would fall asleep in certain classes. I would definitely get yelled at by him if I wasn't paying attention, but I don't know. Man, I, I actually went chill. to class. I never even went to class. And then the other thing I remember is, like Benita said, we're always talking before the uh, quiz, and she's giving me all the juice. And then she gets so salty after I obliterate her score. Because what happens? And it happens? comes back and she's like, I studied so much <laughs> more. Hell? And I gave you all the right answers. It's true. She Sometimes we go into, I would, I would predict questions. Even to this day, I do that. I'm a question predictor. I literally would tell Shaman, Shaman, he's going to ask you, what is this species this? And I shall be like, oh, thanks. Good to know. I didn't Yeah, but how do you get wrong? Quizzing. I would get those right, but oh. I would get other ones wrong. Oh, she gets no. the, it's odd because she gets the simple questions wrong, which is super weird. Yeah. Like she'll overthink it. But it was um, fun having classes together, I think, for the most part. Yeah, I mean, overall, I think it was really I good. think we did a good amount. I think if we overdid classes together, we might have gotten more annoyed. I think we did a good amount, like one each semester here yeah. and there. Yeah, yeah but you can already but it tell. did it did show that two siblings with similar genetic makeup, similar like academic ability, and the treatment by the, uh, we already talked about this a little bit, but the treatment yeah. by the GSIs and the professors were totally different oh, yeah. based on like male and female. Hmm. Very interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, I think from hearing a lot of the, our stories, you guys can tell we were pretty, you guys especially were more comfortable there. You had to avoid the whole dorm situation. My big thing when I got there was the dorm living situation. Let me tell you right now, dorm living is cool for like a month or two, but then is absolutely overhyped for the entirety of living there. I would not go back and recommend a dorm. I would be way more independent and get an apartment. Or Wasn't like your roommate like your BFF? So I do rec I, I don't know what he's doing these days. He went off to be an engineer. That guy's goal was to win a Nobel Prize. And he was really smart. And I'm sure someday he will be if you're out there listening. Uh, a really great guy. I think he's still working in a lab over there. Um, so I had a great time with a roommate. I never had any complaints with my roommate. Um, the only complaints I did have was the dorm itself. So I remember when we had a mouse problem initially. Man, it is it is just weird living in a room where you know there's a mouse. Yeah, it feels like... So there's a couple of things humans are inherently uh, scared of, right? There's like research behind this. So humans are inherently, inherently, never seen it before, inherently with a normal makeup of, a, of your, your brain networking, uh, uh, afraid of heights. You will always get that weird tingly feeling when you're over something, over a height or something like that. Again, you'll see a lot of people skydiving, do all this crazy stuff that's overcoming that fear, or sometimes they can have something wrong or, or something different with their amygdala and their, their Okay, sensors. we got yeah, it. Yeah, we get it, <laughs> sweetie. It's inherent. Yeah, I'm trying to go into this, guys. So those snakes, <laughs> heights, spiders, Stop trying mice. to justify that you're a grown-ass man scared of a mouse, okay? That's Cut all you're out. trying to do. So it's also dependent on the context, right? You see a mouse in Petco, you're not really scared of it. When you see a mouse that could be anywhere in your room and, and eating... The way we found out the mouse, we were lying... He was lying... Sounds weird to say the sentence, but we were trying to go to sleep and uh, we hear like this rustling sound, right? We're like, what the hell is that, dude? Did, did you do that? And I was like, no, I didn't do that. Let's just be quiet for a second. We saw the Cocoa Krispies box, my chocolate Cocoa Krispies box move by itself. And we're like, 
Oh, that's when it clicked, right? Because we had been hearing these sounds over the past couple of days. We're like, what? And then it clicked when we saw that. We're like, oh, shit. We have a mouse. And then, unfortunately, we had to get rid of that mouse. We, we had a, a trap set out for it. Of course, you um, had to get rid of it. What were you going to do? Be best friends with it like Kim Possible? I don't know. These days, I any that was kind a of rooster. harm. Uh, that was a rooster? It's called Rufus. It was a Rufus. hamster. Yeah, Rufus hamster. hamster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Rufus. That's God, it hamsters. was ugly. Those are different than mice and rats. So, so that's kind of the beginning of my horror story. Then we had an absolutely obnoxious uh, uh, roommate because uh, our, our rooms were all connected. So here's our room and then the room next over and the walls connected. This guy, man, he would have people over all the time. You'd have parties till like 2 a.m. And it was a midterm day the next day. And I, I remember going back. Uh, now I remember back then. I don't know if I would even do the same stuff. I would be so fed up. I'd bang on the walls, be like, dude, shut up. I went out there multiple times, told them, dude, I have an exam tomorrow. Back then, I probably looked like the little nerdy kid, uh, you know, breaking up all the fun and stuff. But like, dude, I got a midterm tomorrow and you're out here having this party. I was, I was annoyed for sure. Yeah, definitely this talk makes me miss college, though. I feel like... I don't know. There's so much more freedom and just like, so Oh, there it's, it's freedom until you walk into your bathroom and see these guys washing their Dude, underwear okay. in the okay, sink. This, I feel like Herman's whole uh, thing with Berkeley has been complaining about the city, <laughs> complaining about his dorm. He wants us to think he was some but I'm poorly trying... wrecked little poor Yo, wait, wait, time child. Out, time out. After all these complaints, let me tell you what a disaster it is being Herman's roommate. Yep, Herman's the dirtiest guy. You're calling roommate. out random homeless people. You're yep. calling out the city. Yep. You're called calling out homeless people. Your roommate. You're the, you didn't do that, but Facts. you called out everything else. I got to call out this kid first. Facts. I was going to get to the positives, okay. just FYI, but go ahead. I like to put all the okay. negatives up front. Yo, Same with our overrated. Yo, 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 listen. Play the facts. Living with this guy was such a disaster that the SWAT team came in on us. Oh, that's okay? another time. Literally, that's a damn deep story. You want to go into yeah, that? Yeah, maybe we'll into... get into that another time. But this guy is such a disturbing piece of crap. Well, you might want to expand on that story now or else no, uh, people will think I'm... No, it's going to take too long. <laughs> it's not anything bad. Just... <laughs> I don't know. We'll go into it next time. Okay. It's up to you. No, we'll go into it next time. We'll go into it next time. But for this time, um, I want to get to the positive. So even after all that crap I just talked, I really miss not really UC Berkeley, but the city of Berkeley. Benit, don't you remember the RSF? The RSF is an amazing Yeah, that's place. what I'm saying. Like, I remember, like, my, even my first semester, I was like, ah, oh, the gym is so cool. And the craziest part is they definitely always, it's with this everywhere mm-hmm. in life for us, upgrade after. Upgrade after. Upgrade after. Always after moving, and even Mayo right now, they're upgrading like yeah, to a totally yeah. beautiful building here that I never got to be a part of. Yep. It's just like always the upgrades come after us. Yep. And uh, RSF stands for Recreational Sports Facility or something like that. Amazing place. Uh, shout out to the entire community. They have great yeah, place to play basketball, get some great runs in, great gym. Uh, good, again, nice, good characters in the gym. You see the same people, people all the time. Yeah. You get your own little narratives going on in there. Uh, uh, the guy you're competing and with. It's nice and being weights. like around like all college people too. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. it's fun. Yeah, yeah, everyone's kind of on the same page. Everyone's, you know, some people are wearing shirts from YouTubers that you recognize and stuff, and like you know that they're in your generation. So very interesting, interesting time to be at UC Berkeley. I had a great experience. Now, would you overall ever not go to UC Berkeley if you could go back? If I could go back just to make my life easier. I would actually care about sending applications into private schools. I think I sent them into a couple of schools, didn't give a crap about it because again, like I said, we were secured with UC Davis. I thought I was going to be going to UC Berkeley. Like really didn't care, but I would go back and put a little more time into that because there is a different kind of treatment you get going to a private university it really is catered to you. They care about you. You, Shaman? 
I'd go to Berkeley again. Again, I everyone stop lying. Liar. I'm not lying. Everyone, Liar. Everyone made this narrative that there's gunners everywhere. The people are for, to me. You were made super the nice. narrative, sweetheart. Yeah, I, know, I, didn't. <laughs> I, I didn't. Not everywhere. They're a minority, like every place. So you go overall, I found the people super friendly. I found you think it was a there. nurturing environment for your career? No, as I a think doctor. I think for the vast majority <laughs> of people, the academic hurdles are just a little too strenuous like i don't know what your ap bio teacher was making you do over like the summer that guy's a um, story. yeah that like is. absurd requirements for one class um so i think that in, if you're gonna academically struggle or if that's a big issue with you do not go to berkeley at all costs so you're saying you that you go, are so, because you are a prodigy you wouldn't repeat it and that's what because, is no saying. because <laughs> i'm able to overcome the hurdle but i would be salty as hell if i got yeah bad grades at birth and i would say like i mean i think out of all of us probably shaman's the only one who would say that i mean not he would be the only one to say but i would even say that shaman is probably one of the few people that i know who you know even without herman there like even without the little extra yeah, drop him anywhere yeah, guidance i think you could drop him anywhere and he would do amazing and figure out the system and figure out his techniques i think he's just a very in insightful person like that wasn't there a person you were about to fight beneath I, I was just... about to fight a lot of people at Berkeley. I remember even oh, when I was thinking my taking my graduation pictures. Remember Herman, that girl? Oh, that, like, that was, was just like, annoying. That was just like really late. What happened? So what had happened was happened I spent was... probably I would say like at least five hundred to a thousand hours at RSF. Right, <clears throat> it was a huge part of my life. It was a huge part of my who I am today, like my love for weightlifting definitely really blossomed in the RSF. It was a great escape for me. Part of my schedule every day. I love the RSF. It was probably 50% of my experience at Berkeley. And so I, part of my graduation picture, I had seen people do this before and I wanted to get a picture in the RSF, like especially like holding weights, like in my cute little dress. I just thought it was a funny idea. I've seen people do it before. And especially me, like having so much love for it, I want to do it. So I went in there in my dress and obviously looking like, you know, not gym attire that and was, I was like, required a lot of confidence just right off the bat to even yeah but i was just like you know what i am gonna do this i mean herman helped hype me up and he was like you are gonna like these pictures it's gonna give great memories and i really wish we had a picture because it probably yeah. would bring back a lot of memories and i went in there confident in my heels I asked this guy, I was like, hey, dude, do you mind if I just take a quick graduation picture with their squat rack? He already had like 45 set up. So it was going to be like my way. It was great. And I get there. I'm sitting. I'm like literally setting up like really fast. And I just knew we were going to get one shot before we got kicked out or something because that's how they are there. And immediately Herman's setting up to take the picture. Some guy taps on Herman's shoulder. Hey, dude, you can't do that here. And we were like, what? And Herman he was cool with it. That he, guy, was cool. he was sent he by was somebody. Cool. And Herman was just like, what? Why not? Can she just get one? He's like, nah, dude, you just got to go talk to her. She's the one kind of yeah. saying it. So I, we went over there and we were like, we can't get one picture. And she was like, nope, you can't even get one. I was like, literally just one picture. She was like, read the sign. There's no pictures in here. I was like, I literally see thousands of people's stories in the gym on Instagram. How come you don't yell at them? How come you don't yell at people who are like, I'm literally just trying to get one for graduation. Nobody's in my picture. And she was just like, well, sorry. Nope. Nope. I was like, it's my last day on campus. Just let me get one picture. I, I was think, just like, well, I hope you do this to every, I better not see a single story on Instagram anymore, lady. I literally told her that I was just so pissed. Yeah. I think one of the backstory that people are get, we respect rules. Obviously if the rule was to do that, blah, 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 you shouldn't do it. 
everyone was cool with it. Like when he says, everyone uses their No one was in the picture. In the no guy, the everyone picture. was excited for me. I, I, you could definitely see people were like, oh, that's Not really cool. Not only that, like, I think this was a girl also that would been eyeing you in the gym because she works out there as well. And she already had like a medetta or something against you. I don't know. I was weird. not a fan of her attitude. I would it never was, do that to somebody. Like I would just turn a, a blind eye for like some uh, nice girl yeah, to get her graduation Of course, picture. again, like I said, we can't blame somebody for not wanting to break the rules because it's against the rules. We're asking her to do that. Oh, but come on. Everyone's they cool broke them it. all yeah, day she long. She seemed like she had something personal set out for you. And it's not okay. like we were doing Does everyone Anyways. want some wise words? Yes. Let's hear okay. the wise man's words. Why does the guy got the wise, wise words of word? advice here? Okay. There are rules, right? However, if you too rigidly follow every rule in life, you're going to end up making things harder for everyone in in the world. Like yeah. if everyone rigidly followed rules, the world would be a worse place. I know that sounds crazy to some like uh, Berkeley nerds in the library who are like, you got to show me your ID card. But I remember like going to the same library like oh, yeah, 11, literally, that. like 11 times that week. And the 12th time I like for, left my ID somewhere. And I came in and the same, same person. And they're like, yo, you can't go in here. You don't have your ID card. I'm like, yo, I, I'm because it's to prove you're a student. You know I'm a student here. I come here with my ID card every every day, every day. Yeah. and uh they the person was still like nope i'm sorry that's our rules it's mm -hmm. like okay but what is the rule in place for the rule is in there so that only students get into the library and if you know i'm a student you see me every day here i even say hi to you yeah. um then that kind of circumvents that rule you should be like all right whatever i'm telling you right now at yale or anywhere else that i've been even in my high school they'd be like yeah whatever you're good <laughs> uh, but Berkeley also, I think, has this systemic problem with mm -hmm. too rigidly yep, following every rule in the book. Yep. Yeah, and, and I, so, that's a great point. Uh, that just to bring up in life, um, you, you, like you're saying, you can apply to everything. And I think if you're that person that has, say you made an extra frappuccino at Starbucks, and you're going to throw it in the garbage anyway, but you want to be the guy that gives an extra frappuccino to the person, that is the right way to go in, in terms of being a um, positive person, being a person that is going to be liked, that is a person that is probably going to uh, understands why rules are there, right? Like, obviously, you don't want to give free food away, but if you're going to go throw it in the trash anyway, logically, And there's it makes someone sense. who you feel like is not going to bother you again and again with that every day. Like, it's just like a family with, like, a kid or something. Mm -hmm. Like, just hand the crap like, over. Yeah, like, there's the something table. definitely to be said, Sharm. That's a great, great point that we run into this all the time, all the time. And no, I think you... Berkeley has that a ton. Sorry to cut you off. Yeah. Just kind of redirecting it back to Berkeley. I remember even with, like, GSI, Dude, I'm at an 89.4. I know. Just freaking round me up. Like, I no, know what's in your power. Here's the other issue. And even they go further than that. Like, I think I told the story about the person who uh, I took one of their tests. And then they were totally wrong. There was two answers to the, to the question. Um, because you could take the interpretation of one of these little... Um, just basically, it was two answers to the question, 100%. The professor even agreed to it but because he was so rigid mm -hmm. in yep. his, creating answer, his answer being mm -hmm. right he's like i'll give him half a point because he knows that i'm gonna totally destroy his argument if he wants to continue it with me yeah and so we went back and forth over like eight emails and he just kept he just kept going barrier after they barrier um getting proven wrong and then he's like all right i'll give you half a point for this and it's like yeah. why yeah. what is wrong with like people so rigidly sticking to ego what has been in their head um, and you just don't want to be that person. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So, but yeah, I get if the purpose of that picture was 
they don't want other people in the picture. They don't want guys taking pictures of like girls working out or something. I get if the intention is there, but if there's literally a girl with no one else in the picture doing yeah. taking one picture for graduation, just let it go. Just let it go. Like, what is wrong with you at that point? Even everybody else. I, is I like, think I think some people do take like a sadistic pleasure in yeah. denying oh, people. For sure, love she enjoyed it. She enjoyed it, that's and I made. That's why when I could tell she was enjoying it, that's when I went in a little harsh, and I was like you're not going to enjoy this. You're going to get triggered. And she did feel like a loser after all her friends were like, that's what I'm saying. All her friends, when your friends are looking at you, like, do you really want to be that person that wants to, you know, deny somebody that I, it's just, it's always a good look when you, when you go the extra mile to help somebody put yourself in their shoes and just also that just goes to another um, point in that. I think I developed a lot of this in Berkeley is just a lot of self-confidence to just be like, bro, I'm not taking your bullshit. I developed a lot of that in Berkeley. Remember Shaman when I told you, and I talked about this story with that GSI who told me I was cheating and I literally, I don't Mm. give a shit who you are. You're 10 years older than me. I don't care. How dare you accuse me of that? I'm literally handing out her, my answers. So I literally (laughs) said that to her. I was like, how dare you? I was like, I'm literally giving her my answers. And like, I don't understand how you could say that. Do you want to see my paper? And uh, the context for this, it was literally a morning workshop where people discussed the answers to last night's homework. Mm -hmm. So it's like, what else are you and supposed to do? And she was saying, like, she was kicking us out of the room. So we were quickly scrambling to, like, share what we, we were doing. And yeah. the girl had no problem with it that I was talking to. We were both talking. So I definitely developed uh, no bullshit policy because of running into, like, sticklers or people who are entitled. 100%. Stuff like that. And I think you do develop that when you encounter these types of systemic hurdles at Berkeley yes. that we probably wouldn't have if we were handed everything in a private institution or something like that. But I mean, you know, that's the silver lining, I guess, in that we are more prepared for the real world. But um, definitely wish I didn't have to deal with some unnecessary dramatic people. Yeah. And my hypothesis is that we're going to see more of these people in the future because we have whole generations, like huge amounts of people that are rigidly going through what their parents say through high school, through college, they rigidly listen to like what their GSI, their professor says. They're following like every rule to a T. Um, and I think that kind of like methodical uh, life organization mm-hmm. or like path, I don't know how to describe it, but that kind of way of thinking um, that's not flexible is detrimental to, I think, our society. Yeah, and I think even if you are gonna go into medicine, I think you do have to, you will be a better physician if you have developed these kind of confident uh, personality traits to advocate when you detect something is wrong. I do know some, uh, like, just people who I don't think have the personality traits to stand up for what they believe in, whether it's they're just so scared that they're going to get reprimanded or, like, they're just so scared of the consequences that they don't stand up for what they believe in versus if I have a problem, my personality is definitely for sure to just say what my problem is in a respectful way. However, if you don't have that personality trait, I think it makes you a worse physician. Hmm. What do you think about all that, Herman? Or what do you want to talk about here? No, I think that's a great you got way to any kind other of stories. No, I think that's a great way to segue it off. I, you know, we've been going on and on about relationships in Berkeley, and uh, we went in for a good time here. And uh, I hope you guys enjoyed our stories. I hope you guys enjoyed our rants. Um, I know it's a more student focused topic. I think next time there's a couple uh, interesting topics I want to deal with on the podcast that uh, might get a little debatey around here. So uh, make sure you guys 
follow us, subscribe here. I know we also post this on Spotify. Follow Core Beauty's channel. Uh, Instagram Is going on some student podcast somewhere. Yeah, hopefully. If we'll we'll submit it to students podcast on Spotify and and make sure you guys engage in the comments below. We love to have a conversation with you guys down there. So if you guys have any stories at your college that's similar to this, or if you go to UC Berkeley right now, we would love to hear about that. And then also, uh, you know, how are you dealing with the relationships if you're out there as a uh, high school student? Are you using these apps as young as that or a college student like what are you exactly doing especially with covid uh we'd love to hear what's going on maybe uh, we'll take some notes uh, for ourselves uh so make sure you guys engage with us like comment subscribe to both this channel and core beauties and thank you guys so much for watching this podcast we are listening to this podcast or watching it and thank you guys so much and we'll see you guys in the next one bye later